Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Welcome back to the club. I am so happy you're here today. I am diffusing some Valor oil over here because I have to be honest, this podcast thing is still makes me nervous. And on top of that, I have a special guest today, my very first podcast guest. And so I need um, a little liquid courage. I guess this gives a a different meaning to the (laughs) term liquid courage. (laughs) I'm diffusing my valor oil. So um, before I introduce you to our guest, I want to give you a little insight as to how I kind of came to having her on the podcast. So years ago, I came across something very interesting about the Mediterranean diet. Um, Maybe you've heard of the Mediterranean diet, looked into it. There's a lot of great tenants about it. Fresh veggies and fruit and fish and olive oil and wine and even bread. So, I mean, what's not to love, right? But this diet has been studied as um, just a very healthy template for promoting wellness and longevity. And what was interesting is when I came across this this fact that a lot of the participants that... um, of this Mediterranean diet study were Eastern Orthodox Christians who practice fasting for up to 200 days of the year. So that's pretty significant. And that could, I was like, well, that could play a pretty major piece of the puzzle here. So that was very, it's been underreported. A lot of people don't know that. So I was fascinated um, when I started looking into the details of the Eastern Orthodox fasting practices, which is different from what I do. Um, But I wanted to learn more and possibly adopt some of these practices into my health and spiritual discipline. Um, And so today I invited um, an expert on this subject because I am not. Um, And it's really fascinating and interesting. So today we're going to learn more together because I have Cynthia Damascus of Holistic Christian Life um, here with us to give us some more insight into her personal experience with Eastern Orthodox fasting practices. So Cynthia is a certified health coach specializing in Christian health. She's the author of The Holistic Christian Woman, which is a study of the fruit of the spirit in Galatians 5. And she's the host of Holistic Christian Life podcast and blog. Welcome, Cynthia. I'm so happy to have you here. I am thrilled to be here, Chelsea. Thank you so much for having me. And congratulations on your new podcast. This is excellent. I can't wait to listen to every episode. Oh, thank you so much. Well, Cynthia and I connected years ago, um, and I love reading her email newsletter. Um, She loves Beauty Counter like I do. But most importantly, we both believe that you cannot compartmentalize your health 
and your faith. And I took that sentence right off Cynthia's website. And I was like, bam, exactly. <laughs> you cannot, you cannot compartmentalize it. It all works together. Um, and so we're going to talk about Eastern Orthodox fasting today. Um, but before we do that, I want to ask Cynthia, I want to ask you how you integrate health as a full spirit mind body experience. So tell us how this equates into a daily practice for you. Give us some insight into your personal health protocol. Well, I'll tell you what, um, a couple different things. First of all, I'm a big believer in routines. I have a morning routine and an evening routine and both of those routines include mind, body and soul. So I'm doing something good for my body. I'm reading scripture, I'm doing prayerful silence, which is my term that I use with my community as a form of meditation that's you know more about scripture and less about um, the universe and ourselves and, and everything that's taught in Eastern religions. But um, I incorporate that and kind of bookmark my day with that mind, body, soul, me time. And that sets up the middle of my day to go the way I want it to go. And I actually have a quote, if you don't mind, I use. Oh, please. It's a little bit long, not too long, but um, it's by uh, St. Basil the Great. Are you familiar with St. Basil? Heard. Heard, heard of St. Basil, but not not any of the details. Okay. Well, you know, in the Orthodox Church where we love our saints. So <laughs> <laughs> um, he was a bishop in Cappadocia. Um, he was born in uh, 330. And he's the father of monastics and monasticism in the fourth century. So here's what he says. And I think you're going to love this. And I think your listeners are going to love this too. When you sit down to eat, pray. When you eat bread, do so thanking him for being so generous to you. If you drink wine, be mindful of him who has given it to you for your pleasure and as a relief in sickness. When you dress, thank him for his kindness in providing you with clothes. When you look at the sky and the beauty of the stars, and I always get choked up right here for some reason. I have, well, I have goosebumps <laughs> as we're reading this. Throw yourself at God's feet and adore him who is in his wisdom has arranged things in this way. Similarly, when the sun goes down and when it rises, when you are asleep or awake, give thanks to God who created and arranged all things for your benefit to have you know, love, and praise their creator. Oh, I love that. Oh, so, I mean, this, see how that just incorporates your whole life? It's your whole day. This it is, is health. That right? is health. That is like, that is praying without ceasing right yes. there. That is yes. your entire day. Just bringing him into every piece and thanking him for every piece of it. I love that. I'm going to have to print that out. Yeah. Yeah. I have it printed out in my office too, just as a reminder, because we can get so crazy during the day and it's a, it's also a good stress relief. And you know, we know how stress has negative impact on the body. It creates inflammation and disease and just sitting down to read something like this, just recenters you on what's important. Absolutely. I'm so with you of starting my day. Um, like the routines, habits um, are so important. I mean, my morning routine is similar to yours, just starting my day with the Lord. And it just makes the rest of my day go so much better. Yeah. If I miss that piece, the rest of my day feels just kind of scattered, you know? Yeah, and Exactly. Um, so it's great for centering. I love what you said about meditation because I think when people think of meditation they think of the a cross-legged you know hands on your knees yes. um, kind of thing 
And I'm like, no, they don't get, they don't have all the fun. They don't have the, you know, <laughs> right. they the don't have runs. every, yes, the <laughs> rights to the meditation. I mean, I think of meditation. So I've heard it put this way that prayer is the asking meditation is the listening. Mm-hmm. And I like that because yeah, I think I like a lot of too. us, yeah, we're in asking mode a lot. You know, we are. Yes, asking, 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 and sometimes we just need, you know, I can think of my kids, they're in asking mode a lot, and they do not want to be in listening mode a lot, and sometimes we're like little children, right, we need to um, remember that, and so just that meditation of just being quiet and reading scripture and letting God let that work on our hearts to the the way that we need that, so I love that. I, and that's why I recommend, like in the morning routines, to make sure that that silence comes after your prayers and reading scripture, because then you'll you'll be primed to hear what God wants to say to you. You know what exactly. You need to hear. Yes, and you know with scripture, we know that it's a it's it's just living. You know, you could mm-hmm. read a verse and then read it six months later, and it could mean something completely different to you that day. Which, you know, depending on kind of what's going on and what God wants you to hear. And I just, I love that. Um, I love it. Okay. That's, that's great. Um, What's your evening routine like? Well, my evening routine uh, involves usually, well, I'm usually in my pajamas by seven. (laughs) I realize it's early. I'm eight. I'm eight. Are you at eight? Yeah. After I get my kids to bed, I walk straight to my room and start getting ready for bed. That's I love it because then it that sets up time between seven and nine is when I have quality time with my husband. So we may watch an old movie. We love classic movies, or you know we may talk or whatever. But between seven and nine, I'm in my jammies. My face is washed, and then at nine o'clock, I go up to bed. And he he is so great about that. We could be in the middle of a movie or something, and I'll say, "Honey, it's nine o'clock," and he says, "Okay, you better get to bed." And <laughs> and he'll stop the movie, and we'll watch it again the next night. But um, then I I do just some you know some things are really planned and calculated, but some are just kind of um, silly. But if I'm not very tired, I'll get a cup of chamomile tea or something that's calming. I may rub some magnesium on my body. Mm-hmm. Of course, I take my evening uh, supplements, which include magnesium, to help me sleep. And then uh, I do things like after my prayers and everything, of course, I put on hand lotion, put on lip balm, and I get all settled in my bed and I read a book. And my body knows that when it goes through these you know, routines that, okay, within 10 minutes or maybe within 20 minutes, my eyes are going to start closing. I turn off the light and I go to sleep. So yes, it's like signaling your body. It's the same, you know, when you're bringing up raising children and they're so young and you're told to, you know, have these same routines. It just, it's a signal. It's a trigger to the body that it's time to wind down and go to bed. Um, The routine sounds a lot like mine. What kind of book do you read it at night? Because I just changed the way I do this. That's why I'm asking Did you. you. <laughs> yes. Okay. Because, you know, all day long I'm reading business books, you know, how to podcast. Yes. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> health and wellness books, medical books. I'm very into functional medicine, so I can't get enough of this. So at night before I go to bed, I read um, just novels like I love historical fiction. I and, mean, uh, we're like the same. Exactly. Are we? The same. <laughs> I, I do the same thing. I've just started um, 
reading uh, historical fiction is my favorite genre and I just started reading that again and it has been in the past two months started doing that again it has been years and years and years since I've really read regularly any kind of fiction because there's you know I'm just like you I love to read I love to learn there's not enough minutes in the day any spare minute I want to stay on top of things I want to learn more and so I would do that at night or I would catch up on podcasts or things at night but that keeps your brain on. It just exactly. keeps your brain in kind of work mode. And so I heard on another podcast, um, Ben Greenfield actually was like, oh, yeah, I read fiction at night to turn off my brain. I thought, I need to do that. And so I've started doing it as well. Um, and, oh, it hel- It really does help. I've been sleeping like a baby since I started yeah. doing that. Yep. If I read any type of uh, health and wellness book or medical book, I start thinking of my clients. Like, oh, my yes. gosh. Um, I, I need to write this down for so-and-so and oh my gosh, that could be the, the key that's going to help yes. this other. And so I just, my brain spins. Yes, exactly. Um, I'm the exact same. So, you know, I bet you do one thing that I am so bad at. I bet you write in a gratitude journal. No, I, you know what? I don't. <laughs> oh, see, I tell all my clients and they're probably going to listen to this now and know my secret, <laughs> but <clears throat> I tell all my clients you have to, you know, I really want you to write in your gratitude journal at least three things. And in fact, the um, Holistic Christian Life Daily Planner that I publish, yes, there's a place to write your gratitude in there. And I don't know why I still have a problem with it, but that's huge. So everyone listening, please do that. Do. <laughs> do as we say and not as we do, not do. <laughs> right? Right. I go, I go through phases where I'm good, but... Yeah, I I need to be better. I mean, I do run through, uh, you know, lists of gratitude in my mind all day long. So maybe that's why I just I don't translate it to writing it out. But that is more powerful to write things out. Absolutely. Um, Well, we have the basically the same morning and um, evening routines. And I always like to call it my kind of alpha and omega of the day, the starting with the Lord, ending with the Lord. Um, And I just love the kind of end caps, you know, to the day. I think it's a great way to to go about it. Okay. So let's move into our topic. Um, I know this is like, this is such a huge question, but just, you know, do the best you can here before we dive into the specifics. If you could just start out by giving us an overview of Orthodox fasting tradition and what it involves, how often is fasting required throughout the year? Okay. Uh, you're right. This is, this is pretty involved. (laughs) I'll try to keep it, uh, Keep it simple here. But first of all, we do fast for over half the year when you add up all of the days. And fasting includes abstaining from meat, dairy, wine, oil, alcohol. Well, wine and alcohol are the same thing. But wheat, dairy, wine, oil. So um, Wednesdays and Fridays is our weekly schedule. So we fast on Wednesdays because that's when Judas betrayed Christ. And we fast on Fridays because that's when Christ died on the cross. Now, whenever an Orthodox Christian is fasting, whether it's Wednesdays and Fridays or during Lent or the other time periods I'm going to talk about, it's always a three-legged stool. It's not just abstaining from certain foods. It's also increased prayer. And it's also uh, charity, like charitable uh, you know, acts or charitable donations or just the reminder to be charitable to those less fortunate. So Wednesdays and Fridays we do every week. Every now, every Wednesday and Friday of every week of the year. Right. There are okay. there's 
uh, one week, for instance, in February when we don't fast, it's within the Triodion, which is the three weeks prior to Great Lent, and that week is dedicated to the publican and the Pharisee, and we do not fast at all during that week to remind ourselves that this isn't legalism and that we're not to be prideful about what we do, but other than that, yeah. Oh, and, of course, between Christmas and the baptism of our Lord, which is on January 6th, um, we also don't fast because we're celebrating the birth of Christ. Okay. Oh, and um, then, bright week. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then? And then and then the week after Lent. That's bright week. So, again, we don't fast. We're just in um, celebration again of Christ's resurrection. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, that's a lot right there. I know when I, you know, I Googled, got on a Google and I was like, whoa, this is, this is detailed. There's, you know, there's, yeah. um, you know, you said, is that accurate? It's about up to 200 days a year that there's some form of fasting. Is that yes. correct? Yes. Because also towards the end of June, there's the apostles fast, which, um, varies in length. It could be a few days to a few weeks. And then the first two weeks of August, we fast leading up to when um, Christ's mother, Mary, um, passed. Uh, so we remember her in that way. So yeah, when you add all these up, almost okay. over half the year. Yeah. So, okay. So you mentioned that, you know, most of the foods involved in these fasts. So for the people listening, you know, a, a lot of the time when I'm talking about fasts, typically they're hearing about it in the terms of not eating, abstaining from eating. So we're not mm -hmm. talking about that friends. Right, <laughs> That'd be no. a lot of not eating. So <laughs> yeah. um, it's fasting from certain foods um, at certain times of the year. And so it looks like um, for the most part, that has to do with meat, dairy, eggs, fish, olive oil, alcohol. So it's kind of a um, a more vegan, it's a vegan diet when you are fasting. Is that correct? Would that be accurate? That's, that is accurate, yes. And some of the fasts, we um, are able to eat fish, and some of the fasts, we're not able to eat fish. During Lent, for instance, on weekends, we can have wine and oil. So there are different, uh, depending on the day, there are different recommendations. Okay. So what are the foods that you're focusing on eating? Well, vegetables. I mean, God gave us vegetables in the garden. First thing, Genesis. Yes. I mean, yes. That's why I tell people, you know, back to the garden. So... We focus on vegetables, plant-based, uh, you know, beans, legumes, obviously same thing, beans and legumes, and um, grains, and um, yeah, and okay. you know, or go ahead, you want to ask a question? Well, I, so, you know, I know when, I've seen a lot of evidence of people that when they turn towards a vegetarian or a vegan diet, which, um, you know, if it's done well, and it, it is about vegetables and, and foods that we find in nature, then that's, you know, that's really in the spirit it's meant to be kept, mm -hmm. right? But just like in, you know, in any kind of diet, you can, we can mess it up. Us humans mess it up real good. So <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> will eat, focus on what I like to call garbage, you know, yeah. garbage, garbage carbs. That would be um, you know, just a lot of, um, more processed foods. You know, I, I know a lot of people are like, oh, I can't eat meat or, 
um, this or that. So I'm going to eat tons of, um, you know, pasta or mm -hmm. tons of processed bread or, you know, I can eat chips. Chips are not meat or, you know, whatever it is. Exactly. And, it's, and so I'm just wondering, is it, do you find the same kind of thing happens? People, when they are really trying to practice this, they kind of freak out and they maybe lean in that way instead of really doing it in the way that, you know, it, we, the spirit of which it um, would be best to do? Absolutely. So first of all, I love that you, when you say garbage, <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to remember that to say that to my clients, because that's what it is, right? Garbage. Um, there's a lot of that going on in the Eastern Orthodox Church when people are fasting because they don't know what else to eat. So mm -hmm. it's all about, you know, bread and pasta and, uh, you know, rice and yeah, a lot of stuff. And what I found is that if people follow the fasts and eat how God intended us to eat to begin with, I mean, obviously taking out meat, dairy, you know, that kind of thing, but focusing on plants and not all of the man-made Frankenfood out there, mm -hmm. they start feeling better during Lent than they have felt the whole rest of the year. Oh, yeah. But then there are those other people who are eating the garbage and they actually gain weight during the fasting times and they feel worse <laughs> than they have during the year. Their immune system goes into the toilet. They end up getting sick and they end up missing all the beautiful services that we have during this time. So, um, yeah, I find that a lot. And that's why I came up with a program I call My Beautiful Lent, which we're about to embark on right now, where I've included meal plans for people that are very healthy because people just don't know what to eat if they can't eat meat and dairy. Yes, yes, it can. If you're not accustomed to that, it can be, um, it can yep, just freak you out. Like, what can I yeah, eat? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh and my gosh. Yeah, and then it becomes all about the food, right? And, yes. and that really isn't where we're supposed to be focusing our, our time. Exactly. Begin. That's, yeah. you know, that's a something I, I really try to impress upon, um, you know, my clients, my audience is that, I mean, the ultimate goal, I mean, I know that we're talking about food all the time, right. As nutritionists, but mm -hmm. the ultimate goal is to really to get you to think about food less to, you know, yes. give people the tools to know what's going to make them healthy and, and have something that's sustainable. So they're not giving so much of their brain energy to food and we can give more of that brain space to God is, right. you know, really the ultimate goal. So, um, I know what you mean about, you know, it just becomes this whole thing about the food and that's really not the point. No, not at all. Yeah. Well, um, okay. So let me ask you this because I know both, we both work with clients that, um, present a lot of um, often digestive issues, which is, you know, kind of the root of, of many, many health problems. Mm -hmm. And so I know that I have a lot of um, clients that can't tolerate, you know, legumes, grains, stuff like that. And so how do you um, work with your clients who are wanting to embark on, um, you know, these traditional Orthodox fasting that might have some serious digestive issues um, that they need to overcome? Well, the first thing I do is I do have a lot of clients who say that beans upset their stomach or um, I have a lot of clients who I have off grains completely, um, even before go we're going into Lent. You know, they're 
I don't want them eating grains. But one of the first things that I do is I teach them how to soak and sprout. Oh, yeah. Because that's, that's so smart. important. People don't know that. I mean, and that's the way our like grandmothers and great grandmothers, yes. right? Historically, used to prepare food. They would soak and sprout beans and grains because they knew that they were more easily digestible. Right. But we've lost that in our culture today. So I teach them how to do that, and a lot of times that works. Oh, good. That that will do the trick. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. that is something. <laughs> I hate to say it, but I'm, I um. I am not great about doing that. And I, I need to get back to that practice of soaking and sprouting um, because it really can make a difference. And it's just a matter of um, just thinking a little bit ahead about it. And we just, you know, in our go-go culture, we really have lost that, um, that place where we properly prepare our food to, um, you know, it's become to the detriment of our body, really. Um, Absolutely. And I, you know, I love how you mentioned because of our go, go, go culture. uh, One thing people can do if they don't have time to soak and sprout, use a pressure cooker for your beans. Oh, yes. Yes. Instant pot. Yeah, yeah, there you go. (laughs) So it fits into this crazy lifestyle, but then you're also cutting those lectins, you know, off of your, you know, digestion issues and yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, that real, the instant pot is great for the, for do for the beans. I know a lot of people, you know, they'll get their, their bag of beans and you read on the back, soak, you know, overnight or do the quick method. They're like, Oh, I'm doing the quick method. I'm not messing (laughs) with that, you know? Um, and then, but people, that's what makes you stinky. (laughs) That's what makes you big and bloated. And, um, so when, yeah, when you, when you properly prepare those things and it's just easier on your system to digest, but also assimilate the nutrients that you're trying to get out of it. So absolutely. Yeah. So that can, that's a good tip about the instant pot. Um, for sure. Love that thing. Um, so, okay. A a little bit ago. So we are in the middle of Lent right now. And, um, so, but your schedule, your Lent schedule and Easter schedule is a little bit different than, um, mine as, um, Yes. as an Episcopalian. So yes. I, 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 <laughs> it's confusing. So, yeah. And so will you, will you explain that? Cause I, I really, I don't understand anything about that. And so will you kind of explain why that's the case? Sure. Sure. Well, most Orthodox Christians are also on the Gregorian calendar, which is what Protestants and Catholics are on also. So we're pretty much on the same calendar all year long, but people may have heard that some Christians don't celebrate Uh, Christmas on December 25th. And those are old calendar Orthodox Christians who do that. They're still observing the Julian calendar. Well, during Lent, the new calendar Orthodox and old calendar Orthodox come together and observe Lent during the time that is most closely um, associated with, with when Christ truly died on the cross. Okay. So it's similar to the formulation of Easter but it's the first Sunday after the first full moon on or after the vernal equinox. So that's the same for Gregorian or Julian. But then um, the way the Gregorian does, or the Julian does it, is that they also calculate it by the ecclesiastical moons and the paschal full moons and the astronomical equinox and the fixed equinox. So that's when it gets really kind of crazy. 
Um, but it's all in the spirit of really um, observing it during the time that it would have been observed 2,000 years ago. Wow. So we're different. We're most often on different dates for Easter, and we call ours Pascha, which is uh, which means Passover, as a nod to the Jewish Passover. And um, so our Pascha and your Easter are most often different, but every once in a while we come together on the same day. So that's really special. That is. So this year it's about a week apart. It's a week apart. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, we start on uh, March 11th for um, Lent. And uh, yeah, our Pascha is a week after your Easter. I see. Can I ask you a question that has nothing to do with any of this? But... <laughs> <laughs> sure. But you mentioned moons. Um, so uh, <laughs> a few weeks ago, I sent out in my weekly um, newsletter, I sent something to my people about how I believe moons affect our hormonal cycles. And... Mm-hmm. Because not a couple months ago, there was, we had one of those big super moon kind of things. And I had one of the craziest um, ovulation. I know, you know, when I'm ovulating, Mm -hmm. but I had one of the craziest like ovulation times, very, just everything was exacerbated um, at that time. And it took me a while to figure it out. And, um, I, I really, I blame it on the moon. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I 100% blamed it on the moon and, um, sure enough, it was so intense. And then, you know, I gained weight. I usually am not a scale person, but I got on because I knew I'd gained weight. I, I mean, I could tell I gained weight. I was bloated. I was swollen, very, just, just exacerbated unusual symptoms more than I, you know, normally get. And then as in, I, you know, it was leading up to that supermoon. And then as soon as it was over, everything was you know, back to normal, but, um, I don't know. Have you ever found that? I know that's a total curveball <laughs> question for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. But you know, the first thing it makes me think of is when you're reading about native Americans and, you know, the things that would happen, you know, during the tribal, um, uh, times when the women would get together in the tent, right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they all tended to, um, have their periods at the same times and ovulate at the same times. And that's also where you'll find that the moons were uh, changing their systems. Mm-hmm. So it just makes me think back to Native American times. Yes. Um, I think there's, I think there's something to it. Now I listened to a podcast. I don't know. It's been a while from um, the paleo view where the paleo mom, you know, she looked into the science of it and said, no, there's no scientific, you know, backing oh, for any no. of that. Yes. But, you know, in my newsletter, I said, I don't care really what the science says because I feel it. (laughs) And then I had people email me back and say, oh, me too. And, you know, so I don't know, since you brought up the moons, you know, so much based on them. There's so much based on the moons and and that kind of thing. So um, anyway, that's why I just I brought it up and asking, Okay, back to topic. Thank you for (laughs) indulging me. Um, (laughs) Okay, so. Tell me, um, okay, how do you observe the Orthodox fasting? Are you really, um, stri- you know, strict about it through the year? Are you focusing just on, um, you know, like Lent, just really putting it all into Lent? Are you, are you on top of it the whole year? Kind of give us your, how you practice. Well, you know, frankly, it varies. I mean, I want to practice it to its fullest. I, I truly believe that this is a prescription 
by the church that heals our souls and our bodies. So I want to practice it to its fullest. There have been times when my health has not been good. In fact, I've been going through a health crisis for a few years now. And when that happens, I talk to my spiritual father and um, we decide, you know, how far am I going to take it? How far am I going to fast? And there have been times when he has actually absolutely forbidden me to fast um, mm. because my health has been so bad. So um, personally, I mean, I'm all out like I'm 100 percent that I can be for sure. I'm so glad you said that, though, about um you know, really the, the word that just pops in mind is, is grace. I mean, yes. this, you know, not doing it for the sake of just checking off a box and doing it, but, um, you know, God would not want us to, um, you know, do something like that at the, at the risk of, of ruining our health, obviously. So exactly. Um, exactly. I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you said that. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that's something that I want to address too, because I know that, um, whether a non-Orthodox Christian is looking at Orthodox Christians and what we do, or even an Orthodox Christian looking at what we do, there's so much of this tendency to want to think, oh, that's legalism. Oh, well, this stuff is forbidden. Oh, we have to do this. And, you know, like our salvation is at stake. Mm-hmm. No, this is a gift. I mean, this is a gift that the ancient church gave us. This is a choice. So we don't go into Lent saying, no, well, yeah, I can't have meat and I can't do this and I have to go to church more often. But no, that's not the right frame of mind. I mean, it's, it's a time for love, our love for God, his love for us, wanting to get closer and closer to him. And it's a time of grace. So there's no, you have to do this and your salvation is at stake because it isn't. Um, and there, there may be some real hardcore um, Orthodox who might disagree with me with that, but I know a lot of priests and theologians who would completely agree and say that um, it's not the fasting that um, is saving us, obviously. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Right. I love that. I think that's what I love about this conversation is that, you know, we do things a little bit differently, but really it all comes back to that core love of the Lord and doing it just for, um, just in the spirit of, of love and, um, honoring, you know, honoring God and honoring our bodies, you know, our holy temples as a carrier of the Holy spirit and just, um, doing it all to be, to be that, you know, kind of what I tell people is, you know, our highest health goal is to be an excellent vessel for the Holy spirit. Um, absolutely. Just Yeah. You and I share, you know, one of our favorite verses, right? First Corinthians ten twenty three, or no, yes. not first Corinthians. Is it? No. No, no, um, no. But the um, the body is the yeah, the whole, the, the, holy temple. Yeah, body. You are not your own. Exactly, <laughs> we belong to God, and so it's our our duty, really, to be good stewards of our bodies. So, yes, okay. yes, be good stewards of the body. Absolutely, I just. Um, it's what carries us through this, this life. It's how we, you know, you know, when I try to tell people to get them to understand, I'm like, do you want to be nicer to your people, to your family? <laughs> would you like to have, you know, would you like to have more regulated, um, you know, mood levels and have more energy mm-hmm. for your, your family, your work, your community? I mean, 
it, that's what it boils down to on a daily, like really practical level is just the kind of person that you're showing up to be every day, yes. you know, and if you feel terrible because of the food you're eating, because your blood sugar's crazy and you're bloated all the time and, um, you know, you just don't show up in life as vibrantly and just, um, you, it just kind of blocks you from living into everything that God created you to be. And to me, that just, it makes me so sad. It does. <laughs> you know? Me too. It yes. makes me sad. And I just, especially when there's so much that can be done to, um, to reverse that and counteract that we have so much, um, power in our hands by what God has already provided. You know, by yes. this beautiful provision of food that he's already given us, um, all of these healing foods. So, yes, we are just... You know, I'm... so on television yesterday, my husband told me that they can now make synthetic meat. Ugh, so Did gross. I know. Yes. I don't know, I don't know what it's made out of because I, I, <laughs> I didn't stick around, but it, it just the thought of it. So I know this is sort of a <laughs> off on another shoot too, but synthetic meat, Chelsea. <laughs> No, well, you know, my husband's a cattle rancher, yeah, and so I'm real up close and personal with my meat source. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yes, our um, our cattle eat grass. That's what they're meant to eat, Perfect. you know. And because the Lord, you know, I, I what I tell people is, you know, the the earth nourishes the animal, which in turn can nourish us when we when we choose um, make the right choices about that. Um, but yes. synthetic meat, that it just sounds disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's what we've oh, been reduced well, to. Yeah. It's just ugh, nasty. Um, okay. Well, let me ask you this because, um, you know, if someone is interested in, in wanting to try some traditional Orthodox fasting, um, how would you recommend they start is this like okay we rip off the band-aid and just go for it <laughs> or <laughs> would you say okay well, let's start with uh mondays and wednesdays I'm, I'm sorry wednesdays and fridays um or let's do let's do a season together let's do lent and do that so how how do you recommend to somebody that comes to you it's like i want to whether it might be an Orthodox Christian already that's not already practicing or somebody mm -hmm. that's, you know, like me and I Googled it and I was like, whoa, this, you know, this is unfamiliar territory to me. I really wouldn't know where to start. So what would you recommend? Well, <laughs> it depends. So are you familiar with the Enneagram? No. Oh, well, Chelsea, you have to do this. So it's a personality quiz. Um, everyone loves to do personality. I was going to say, oh, I'm sold. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Tell me more. Um, I think it's, if you go online, like Google it. You can go and it's like $12. Can you spell it? it? E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. Okay. Enneagram. Okay. So it's something that a lot of companies are using now uh, before they hire people. And uh, so that so that they know how to work with that person and, and what that person is personality type is and will they fit in well with the team they're going to be working with and um, there's a lot online and some great books out there and even like Enneagram Christian books out there oh really on yeah so you know you find out what your husband is or what your kids are and it helps you be able to communicate with them better so it's, it's really excellent and my business coach had me take the quiz before I started working with her so that she knew 
what kind of personality I was. So she knew how to coach me better. And now I'm using it in my practice too. So definitely look that up. Oh, yeah. But I am a three and a three is an achiever. So an achiever wants to do everything like just to the max, like just give it to me. I'm going to do it. I want to do everything. For people like that, I would say, yeah, just like all of a sudden say, I'm going to fast at every Orthodox fast. And rip off the Band-Aid. Let's do it. Rip off the Band-Aid. <laughs> exactly. And then um, I believe it's the one, which I borderline a one, and that's the reformer. And the reformer wants to do everything perfectly. Like, okay, here are the rules, and I'm going to follow them to a T. That, that's also me, unfortunately. So... <laughs> So again, that person's going to rip off the Band-Aid and say, you know, I'm embracing this hook, Mm -hmm. line, and sinker, right? But there are other people where that's just not going to work. It's just going to be depressing, and it's going to feel stifling, and it's going to feel just, you know, too rigorous. So for those people, I say, um, start with Wednesdays and Fridays and see how it goes. I mean, there's still a lot of Christians, especially in Catholicism, who are not eating meat on Fridays and some people are already used to that. So mm-hmm. there are a lot of restaurants that only, you know, they have fish specials on Fridays. So it makes it a little easier. But uh, another easy way is I would say Holy Week, that week right before Pascha mm-hmm. or before Easter, that week is the most sacred week of the year. And, you know, we recreate the um, death and resurrection of Christ. So, um, that, what, what better time really than to employ that three-legged stool if you're not used to doing it and really fast in the way the ancient church taught, right? Mm-hmm. So those are two ways that people could maybe ease into it. That's, yes, that's a, that's a good idea. So when you were talking about the Enneagram, it made me think of that book by Gretchen Rubin, Better Than Before. Yeah, um, yes. you've, you've read that or... I know about it. I've heard so many podcasts with Gretchen, but um, but I haven't read her book. Yeah. So a couple of years ago in my big group, um, in my, the Christian nutritionist community, um, on Facebook, we read that and I kind of went over it, but she breaks it down into the, the tendencies, which are an upholder and a, which is kind of like what you were talking about. Like is if you set a goal, you're going to do it. Nobody has to tell you or keep you accountable. You're just on top of it. Um, or the obliger, which is somebody that needs accountability. Mm -hmm. Um, there's the questioner. They want to know all the details before they're going to do anything or, you know, buy into anything. And then Mm -hmm. there's the rebel who, when you tell them to do something, they're going to do opposite. (laughs) (laughs) That would be my husband. (laughs) Yeah. Mine's kind of like that too. (laughs) Um, but I'm an obliger. So I really need accountability, which is one reason in the Christian health club, we really use each other. Um, that's my my private membership group, my Facebook group, online Facebook group. Um, that's the the um, the paid membership group. But we mm. we use we use each other as accountability. And I mean, it really um, I need that. I know a lot of people do need that. It's kind of like the same. If you know, if you tell yourself you're going to go walk every day for exercise, if you've got somebody waiting for you to go with, you're much more likely to. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, an obliger anyway, would be much more likely to do it. So that's what made me think of. That's a good one too. But I'm going to do that enneagram. I'm checking yeah, that out. I want to know what I am. <laughs> I'd like to know too. I think I know because I've got clients who are obligers, and so I know what they are. So we'll see what you are. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh gosh. Well, we're kind of ending our um, time here. Oh, gosh, I love this conversation, but I've still got a few questions for you. So um, before we go, I like to ask the anchor question. Um, because in the Christian Health Club, we talk about our anchors and our number one anchor is the Lord. It is why we come together. It is why we focus on our health, like I said, so we can be um, a more excellent vessel for the Holy Spirit. But we also talk about the idea of an anchor meal, which is um, the meal that we go to over and over. It's like our healthy meal that we always have the ingredients. It makes us feel good. It keeps us on track. And um, we just, you know, it's in the routine regularly. So what is, um, well, number one, I'd like to know your anchor verse, um, like your anchor Bible verse. And that changes for some people. But right now, what is the verse that speaks to you that just kind of holds you, um, holds you steady right now? Well, it's funny. This this is definitely, it hasn't been changing for me. I've, I've had this favorite verse for probably 20 so years now. But it's Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what the will of God is and what is good, pleasing, and perfect or acceptable. Anyway, I always mess that up, even though I've had it on my wall for like two, <laughs> two decades now. But, but I love that because it just, the renewing of your mind, so that, because we can get so prideful and think we know it all. Mm-hmm. And um, and we don't obviously, and sometimes we just have to know that we have to continue learning, learning, learning. And what we maybe thought was right twenty years ago, we'll find out today is not right, and that's okay because we're you know we're evolving intellectually and spiritually to understand things better as as God reveals them to us. So that's why I love that. Oh, I love that. I love that for two reasons. That verse one is. Um, you know, it takes a, in the health sense anyway, it takes a daily renewing of the mind to, to stay on top of your health. You know, when a lot of people think, okay, I'm going to get on this diet and then I'm going to say their goal is to lose weight. I'm going to lose all the weight and then great, I'm done. But that's, that's not the case. Right. You know, it is a, it is a daily choice to honor your health and that doesn't ever go away. You, you know, that's something that has to be intentional and it takes a daily um, intentional, intentional thinking about that to do it. And it so does. it does. It, and I'm go, sorry, I didn't mean to no, go you. ahead, go ahead. It, it just made me think of something else from a health perspective, because you look back, you know, from a couple decades ago during the big fat scare, when all of a sudden saturated yes. fat was what made you fat. So everything went low fat and that's what, you know, supposedly this is what the studies were showing, which we now know that the studies really weren't showing this, but anyway, um, and then that's when all the sugar got put in our food and all the excitotoxins and free Mm -hmm. glutamates and everyone's health went downhill and diabetes and obesity went up and it's like, oh my gosh, well now we have a chance to renew our mind because we're finding out that that wasn't true. Yes. Right. What God provided for us in butter, grass fed butter. Yes than that margarine that came out a couple decades ago that was killing us. 
Amen, sister. <laughs> so there you go. I mean, it, it can be, the scripture can be used in so many ways. So many ways. I always tell people, God has put the, there's like a, some kind of weird lens over my eyes. When I read scripture, all I can think about is health. It just translates into. Snow. I know. And so, you know, I'm like, I don't know. It's kind of a blurse, blessing and a curse. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes I need to, yeah, get myself, yeah, in hand and not think about health all I know, the time. health on food all the time. The yeah. other reason I love that scripture is, um, you know, our actions are driven by our thoughts, mm -hmm. right? Oh, yes. Our mind. So whatever's going on in your mind is what is going to, you know, drive you, lead you to the choices you make in the day um, and that sort of thing. And so it is so important to, fill our what's your mind filled with you know it, it is it filled with worldly things that people you know what the world's telling you or is it being filled with god's word you know and the way that we react to what our mind what's going on in our mind um you know has a lot to do with our health and so we've got to be so intentional about filling the mind with um with god's word and that's i always say yeah um spirit body mind like in that order yeah. Um, oh, I like that. I do. Because, you know, because to me, that's the right order, right? Yeah, you have to, have, yeah. you got to have the spirit to feed your mind and then the mind will feed the body. And, and so, yeah. um, yeah. you know, can I recommend a book? Sure, please. It, it, it's called Our Thoughts Determine Our Lives and it's by Elder Thaddeus. And I think that's T-H-A-D-D-O-U-S. Anyway, if people just Google our thoughts determine our lives, oh my gosh, this is exactly what you're saying. And it it'll blow your mind. <laughs> your mind and it could change lives. Absolutely. I'm um I just started this life coaching kind of course, not to become a life coach, but to um I'm kind of taking it for myself, but taking a lot of things to bring into my to my clients and to my into the Christian Health Club. And so much of it is mind work. And um, you know, and I feel like that has kind of been the piece for me that's been missing. We you know, we we do fill our our um our minds with God's word. We also, you know, work on the body, but man, the enemy is working on the mind so hard. And so um, I'm working on learning some techniques to um, to just really focus on how our mind is working. But but yeah, I love that. I, it's just um, it's a really important piece of the puzzle for sure. Um, okay, so tell me your anchor meal. What's the one you eat all the time? Um, keeps you on track. Always have the ingredients in your fridge. Well, this is boring, but. <laughs> Keeps well, me on track. People always say they are, you know, but that's okay because if it was some crazy hard thing, like, you know, to do, then nobody would do it. So what is it? Well, I have to have my morning protein shake. So it's part of my morning routine. So it's part of my self-care, but it sets me up for a healthy day. So you know, I mean, you know, people who have pancakes and muffins and stuff like that for breakfast, that sets you up for an unhealthy day. It makes you crave more sweets and on and on. But if this protein shake, if I start my day with this, I'm, I just feel like everything's going to go right um, food-wise the rest of the day. It's got healthy fats. It's got high protein and greens and, you know, all kinds of good omegas and stuff in it. And, um, yeah, I just think I make better choices. And when I can't have my protein shake, 
I, I just feel like I'm, you know, awash in the sea riding the waves, you know, <laughs> wherever, you know. It's an, so it's an anchor. It it's is an, an anchor. anchor. Exactly. See how I did that? Yeah, I like <laughs> how you did that. Unintentionally. <laughs> That's awesome. So, and obviously it is compliant with, so it works on your, um, your fasting days, obviously. Yes, I use pea protein. Yeah. Okay, pea protein. And then, so I guess... Do you put any oils in there? I do. I put MCT oil. I usually use um, brain octane oil. Okay. Bulletproof, um, bulletproof. brain octane. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I do that and I do some grass-fed ghee. Oh, yummy. That sounds power packed. Um, yeah. So, so the olive, so when the olive oil, if you're fasting from olive oil, does that mean you can have other oils? Well, this is interesting. So there are some, um, branches of orthodoxy who are more strict than others so and even within those branches you have people who are more strict in their homes than others so some people go completely without oil they're just you know purists mm -hmm. um, there are others who just say you know that olive oil they'll abstain from but they'll still do the avocado or the mct um, of course i don't do ghee on fasting days but oh, you don't okay but coconut oil avocado oil yeah, I do. Okay, that sounds doable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. That souns doable. Our, for sure. I mean, okay, our, our brains need it. Yes, yes. So, okay, so a, a power-packed green smoothie basically is your anchor meal. Yes, I love it. Um, okay, you recommended a book already, but is there um, is there a different one not pertaining specifically to mind that you are just? I love a good book recommendation, and it can be. It could be historical fiction, <laughs> or it could be a a health um, a health related book. Just you know, what are you reading? What are you recommending? Let us know something. Well, there's two I'm reading right now. Um, one because it's timely. The other because I'm excited about it. Um, well, I'm excited about the timely one too. But first, I'll say the timely one. So for for you, Chelsea, or for anyone who's wanting to observe Lent in a manner of you know that the ancient church put forth. There's a book called The Lenten Spring by Father Thomas Hopko, H-O-P-K-O. Okay. And it's a classic um, in this area. It has 40, so for the 40 days, 40 three to four page meditations on Lenten themes every day. Oh, nice. So I, it, it's, so I read that every day, um, and it, it really supports... Uh, yeah, everything that I'm doing during Lent. And then the other thing, this just came out. So do you do you follow Vani Hari, the food babe? Yeah, not regularly, but I pop into her, you know, every once in a while and check out what she's saying. Well, <laughs> I love her. So I know some people think that she's an extremist and just an activist, but I'm with her. If there is one thing that's put into some food that could be or has had any connection to death, cancer, autism, you name it, I'm not eating it. It's not from God. So um, I'm, I'm full on board with her and her book just came out called Feeding You Lies, mm, How to Unravel the Food Industry's good. Playbook and Reclaim Your Health. Yeah, so I'm pretty into it. I, I pre-ordered it on Amazon and got it the day it came out. So. Uh, <laughs> you nutrition nerd. <laughs> I know. I know. People you know, people think I'm a nut, too, because, like, when I speak at church retreats, you know, I'll be up there and I'll be like, 
do you see that, you know, you know, I teach them how to read labels and I'm like, see this natural flavors, this will kill you. And I'm like <laughs> jumping up and down and people are like, oh my gosh, really? But, um, but yeah, I'm pretty passionate about keeping it clean. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to get that book. That's a, that's yeah, you need it. One. I think you'll like it. Definitely. That's a good, rec great recommendations. Three good book recommendations today. That's exciting. I love me some good book recommendations. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Well, we are closing in on an hour. I, I feel like oh I could my. talk to you for many hours. I know. <laughs> I just need to come down to Texas and we'll just sit and chat all day. Someday. Oh, come on down, girl. <laughs> We're about to be nice and warm. We, we oh, went from like um, 19 degrees and it's going to be like 80 degrees. So we have psycho weather here in Texas, but, um, uh, well, but it's, it's, it's nice. It's still 19 here, if that. So I need, I need some warmth. Yes. <laughs> my goodness. Well, spring is on the way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah for that. Well, thanks again for joining, um, joining me being my first, um, podcast guest. I'm so honored You're welcome. Um, to speak with you on this and y'all please go check out Cynthia's work. Tell them, tell the audience more where they can find you. Oh, absolutely. So my main website where my blog and everything is, is holisticchristianlife.com. So sign up there, become a member of our community too. I'm a member of Chelsea's, so we can all, I mean, we are, we're all like-minded Christians here. So I yes, think that we sure. should be in community together. And then also, um, since you're probably, <clears throat> excuse me, listening to this during Lent, my program called mybeautifullent.com, take a look at that because I have a bunch of interviews on there with priests and theologians and authors, people who are uh, talking about Lent and why we do what we do. And then also I have health interviews and that's how uh, Chelsea and I met. I asked her to be an interviewee on one of these programs and, and she kindly let yes, me interview her. That was so, so fun. Yeah. So either holisticchristianlife.com and or mybeautifullent.com right now. Okay, great. And same on social media? Yes. Yes. So same thing, Facebook, Holistic Christian Life, um, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. I kept it easy. Yeah, me too. Trying to keep it minimal. That can, it can make you crazy trying to be everywhere. That's right. Um, Y'all go follow Cynthia. And I mean, just this conversation was so great and, you know, just opened up opportunity to learn more. And um, I am going to really be thoughtful about how I can incorporate some of this, maybe even just starting with cutting out meat on um, some of these days, because that's not something I normally do. I might start there. Hmm. I'm not sure I'm a rip the bandaid off girl. Oh, no. <laughs> we'll find out as soon as you can do the Enneagram. Yes, I need to do the Enneagram. All right, Cynthia, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a wonderful and healthy and blessed week. Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week.